about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Timber Tim. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, too. Man, I love some Roy Orbison. Who doesn't? I don't know. People who don't know of him. Okay. (laughs) What's up, dude? Uh, Well, I'm excited to be back in our little room talking, Tim. Talking about horror movies. It's what we do here. It's what we do here for episode... What is it? Oh, my God. We're on episode 44, Tim. Jesus. We're on episode 44. I'm just remembering. Oh, I'm like, get, I'm itchy. <laughs> itchy. We've done so many episodes. You're itchy from those uh, duplicate digits. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For, for dismembering horror. I think that's accurate. I'm happy with our title, Tim, for what we do oh, yeah. here. You mm. know what? We dismember horror. If you don't know what that means... This is the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. Well, we like to talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy about, well, a slew of horror films that we've been uh, wanting to see that are of interest to us or are hopefully of an interest of for you to hear us talk about that you have let us know you want to hear us talk about. <laughs> And where this is the never-ending quest for digging up the gold, too, of horror films. Yeah, why is shit scary? Yeah. Why is it scary? And as you put, like, when we first started this, Tim, I don't know if this was even on air, but I just remember you talking about, like, I feel like just to pick a genre, horror sounds somewhat achievable to sort of get a fix on, you know, a knowledge (laughs) basis of seeing. Can you imagine if we were, like... This is a podcast about dramas. <laughs> right. <laughs> or comedies. Shit. shit. <laughs> I mean, I could almost see comedies. You can like kind of find a lane with comedies. Yeah. Although it's pretty broad, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a horror or a documentary are pretty. There you go. Yeah. You know, a lot of good documentaries Ugh. out there. A lot, Probably of, a lot of not good ones out there. Probably. I'm sure. But the good ones are really good, just like horror. Yep. Yeah. And... We, uh, well, we went to the theaters, as you may know, to see this this week's film, this episode's film. (laughs) Uh, What's your face saying there, Tim? (laughs) Well, I feel like we should just take a little detour from what we usually talk about and address something that I think is really important, which is theater etiquette. Mm. So I'm going to paint you a picture. We get the to the theater, which was in Burbank. The AMC Burbank 16. It's a big, big theater. To see our advanced screening of I'll Give It Away Now, we saw The Dead Don't Die. That's right. So we get in there. We have basically middle center of the theater seats. What were we? Eight and nine. Mm-hmm. G or something like that, right? Yeah. So we sit down, we're chilling, whatever, it's filling up. A few minutes before the trailers or whatever start, this dude comes like storming in. <laughs> he has a, a baggy t-shirt, a beanie, a beard, uh, baggy jeans, and flip-flops. 
That's his attire. He also has a one of those key card like <laughs> keychain things that's like clipped to his pocket. Yeah. Um that you you know you, it, they roll up so you can extend totally. it and then let go and it, <laughs> it rolls back up into his buckle or whatever his being <laughs> yeah okay so that's the this is that guy so that's who we've got and he comes storming into our aisle our space really and slams himself down into the seat next to me now granted i get it it's it's assigned seating this guy made me feel like this was not his assigned seat, that he just was like, I'm going to the middle of the theater and I'm sitting in the seat that's closest to the middle because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So he flops himself down aggressively and proceeds to do the classic leg shake thing. You know, when you're you're basically tapping your heel aggressively. What's that called? Restless leg yeah. syndrome. Sure. He very much and had that. It is so aggressive, like yeah. hyper. He's going like, and it's so intense, nonstop, that I can't. You know, he's right next to me. Also, there's two seats next to him that are empty. Yeah, he don't he, didn't have to sit next. He to you. could have given us what I. You know, originally I wanted to call this this podcast before you and I had talked. I wanted to call it the movie buffer. <laughs> um. As like sort of a double entendre of like we're buffing out the movie or I guess a triple entendre, uh, buffing out the movie, but also um, we're movie buffs. And he's shaking his leg and I'm thinking, God, this is a lot. Like, you know, like when somebody who's intense is in your proximity and mm-hmm. you can just feel it like coming off I could of feel them. it. I would, you and you the, were two seats us. away, right? Yeah. I had it because he, he did it toward he did it for the first few minutes of the movie, right? Right. So it and doesn't let I up. I had to like block my I held up my hand. It was so distracting <laughs> just to not see. Yeah, because even shaking. when the lights went down, I thought, oh, maybe it will be less obvious. And it just wasn't. It was so <laughs> intense. So that's how we start off. What you didn't notice, I think, is that he was also making a noise. A, a verbal glottal noise. So he kept going like this. Okay, enough, enough, please. And it did not stop for the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I just know it's a perfect impression you did. Yeah. Then I finally got to a place where I was like, okay, I feel like the movie's gone on long enough that I'm I can I I can kind of shift my focus and 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 like be watching the movie and not as distracted. It's like I've 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 acclimatized to his bullshit. At least he stopped shaking a couple minutes and I think he saw staring. He did eventually, yeah. Um then he starts doing this weird shifting of his weight. So he'd like lean over onto the armrest between him and me like full body so he's he's like in my space and he's putting his hand up against his cheek so he's he, resting he just his... wanted that middle seat so bad I think you're right i think that's what this was then he starts flicking his thumb like this i'm gonna do it into the mic over and over and i'm just i like i look over, i'm like what i it was all i could do to not be like dude what the fuck are you doing? Right. Stop. Then, okay, so we're not done. We're halfway through. We're halfway done. Then he's doing this sh- weight shifting thing where he's like, like 
heavily like huffing down onto the armrest, right? His mm-hmm. hands there and he's doing the flick thing. And then he's like slapping his leg against the floor. He's wearing flip-flops, so it's making a, like a slap noise. So he's keep, he's like every once in a while he'll just go. <laughs> it's like, fuck, dude, what more could you do? Then he fucking starts flicking his beard. So literally taking the back of his hand and flicking like that on his beard. And this is like, I don't know, 12 inches from me. Yeah. Then he fucking took his phone out and started texting. And I almost, I mean, I almost just reached over and strangled him. Yeah, I did. I wanted so phone. fucking badly. They had a good to, like, PSA. I was proud of AMC being like, don't even take out your phone. The screen yeah. distracts people. No shit. So like all in all, I like it made me so badly want to like when the lights came up to stand up really quick and be like, I, can I get everybody's attention? I just want to ask a quick question. Did anybody else in the theater have the experience of sitting next to the fucking worst human being on the planet? Or was it just me? Because he's fucking right here and he shouldn't be allowed in his fucking movie theater ever again! Well, maybe he'll, uh, he'll listen someday. What if he does listen? I had the polar opposite next to me. He just, he sat down like it was just a sign. See, I'm like, I get it. Okay. It's completely, you know, didn't make any quiet as a mouse. The end of the movie just, you know. Said something, observation about the movie after the credits ended. It was fine. Yeah, kind of like a cordial, normal human being who knows his surroundings and also that it was a pre-screen, so there are probably people there who want to, like, have a little bit of a back-and-forth conversation when it's done. I'm sorry that uh, you suffer the brunt of all that. I will tell you what. It is very difficult, for me at least, to focus on the actual movie when any of those things are happening, even even in, even for just like the slightest amount of time. And I I have sort of logged a bunch of these experiences, you know, in my life where I'm like the time that the lady did this and the time that the guy did this. I have like 15 of them that are really intense. But in, in almost every case, they only happened for about f- four minutes, right? Like the thing that is the most annoying was only like, a momentary mm-hmm. thing. And usually the person either realizes they're doing something or they just, they get through it and then they stop. This guy was just full on the whole time. So fuck you, dude. <laughs> 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 I hope you fucking listen to this. You're well, the, you're the worst person. Uh, well, if that was the theater going experience, should we yeah. talk about the movie? Sure. So I'm going to not bring any of that up again. Okay. Because I don't want you all to be distracted by what I was distracted by while we're talking about the I thought that was going to be our thing of note because I didn't have anything else for this film. Nah, man. I had to get it out. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be thinking about it. (laughs) Bring us into where you... Maybe it's... Yeah, it's pertinent to this is where Tim was at when watching... (sighs) What did we watch again? The The Dead Dead Don't don't die. Die. In this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the 
Or was it a wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh, man, this isn't going to end well. There we have it, Tim. Oh, yeah. There's the trailer for the film we saw. Yep. By our best friend. Jim Jarmusch? Yep. I wasn't sure if you were talking about who you said you weren't going to bring up anymore, your new best friend. <laughs> Don't bring him up. I wonder what his name was. Shithead McGee. <laughs> hi. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Shithead McGee. He's like, oh, um, um, hi, I'm Shithead. <laughs> I go by McGee. He <laughs> just hated him so much. Um, but I don't uh, hate uh, this filmmaker, Jim Jarmusch. I had seen... Oh, yeah. Let's see. Well, actually, here's the thing. I, I haven't... I'm really not... For being a film dude, I'm really not too familiar with his work. Like... He's his... I, I don't think... I think he's a very specific subgenre lane. I, mean, I can say I really want to see Down by Law. I've seen Coffee and Cigarettes. I've seen okay, Broken Flowers is the one that's most like that's most cl- clear to me that I can okay. recall and remember. Yeah. I enjoyed that actually. And uh thinking about it again when thinking about this film and this filmmaker, I'm like, "Oh yeah. It was unique. I like that. I rem- I remember the feel of it, which I can't say, you know, about a lot of movies." Yeah. And then um, I remember seeing Ghost Dog and just being like, what? I <laughs> yeah. think I, I just was, didn't was have about, the context for that one. That was about my response to that, too. Yeah. But I was younger. I don't know. Anyway, I'm curious to see more of his work um, after this film because I think if we want to get into rating it, mm-hmm. I may be an outlier, Tim, in how I enjoyed this film. You, you may be. <laughs> it's not been getting very stellar reviews. Yeah. In fact, it's been getting pretty middling, I would say. Pretty zombie shuffling. Well, we'll explore why. <laughs> Tim. Yes. I'd tell myself to rent this film. Okay. I mean, okay. I almost want to say avoid it, but I think that I uh, that my lean between stream and avoid is circumstantial. Okay. So, you know, I think, yeah, it's just a stream for me. I'd never seen anything like this. It was such a distinct, interesting feel. The themes, even though they were familiar and done to death, ha ha ha, Mm. I'd never felt them in a film before. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think it was... The fact that it wasn't laugh out loud funny was that wasn't an issue for me. I didn't see it as no, I yeah. never wanted it to be that. Except for the that one other dude in the theater who <laughs> yeah. decided it was laugh out loud funny. Every every fucking line. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think this was you know just being easing into Jim Jarmusch thing, but the fact you know the, like like what I guess is very him. I'm told is. Uh, 
the acknowledgement that they're it's a film within a film you know they acknowledge mm-hmm. it's a movie sure i loved all that stuff it, it was just okay. sort of what's so refreshing to be to be like okay yeah no there aren't rules guys to filmmaking right, right. this is this is we can do this that you know? seems to be one of his main sort of broad tenets that he talks about of just being like fuck structure fuck fuck the sort of traditional like you have to do it a certain way like fuck narrative like traditionalism um and, and also right real time he's big into it like he wants things to f- like get across the idea of this is all happening in real time all that i'm a sucker for okay so if you are too and you're like me, then maybe I could tell you to rent it. But these reviews are telling what we tell ourselves. So yeah. I would tell myself to rent it. Yeah. I mean, for me, ultimately, a lot of what you just described as things you like, I I acknowledge that they were done and d- done to the points, you know, well, um, like done to their intention. But I just didn't enjoy the the whole sort of none of them they all felt uh what's the word they felt kind of shit they felt thin to me like i was like oh they're just doing this thing Mm -hmm. and i never kind of was like oh they're doing that thing so fucking well Mm -hmm. um it it felt almost early draft ish hmm. to me in a weird way, and I and I don't mean I mean partially I mean the writing, but but I I'm using that term more so in the execution of the film altogether, like it felt sort of la- like not lazy but kind of just like yeah 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 we know what we're doing let's just do that thing mm-hmm. um, with exceptions but as as a broader feel I kind of was like. I think they could have done like two or three more takes and nailed this. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Whatever this is. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever the thing they're trying to accomplish. It it felt like it needed a little more uh, practice or rehearsal or attempt yeah. to me to get it to a place that I would have liked. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I mean, that's his style. So for yeah, I mean, for me, it's like if Broken Flowers was the film where it's not necessarily f- fun to watch in the, the kind of way because it. Um, but that's because it's capturing so well this feeling of like missed opportunity mm-hmm. in the form of romance or whatever. You know, come to mm-hmm. you know plenty over the hill kind of era of your life. This film for me was like that for a horror movie where it just had such this utterly like specifically skewed not as far as nihilistic but just this sort of very specific viewpoint of i don't want to say completely hopeless because he does have a sense of humor (laughs) about everything yeah but very like um not pulling any punches with how he is as far as generalizing you know people's um people's uh, bad points i guess yeah and to have that wrapped up in an, a horror film it felt like it was because it was a horror film it felt like uh <laughs> it was very very effective for me as okay. a horror film i didn't look at it as like a light romp Mm-mm. it got to a really heavy place for me and um for that hmm. but but a place where i was able to sort of 
it was like watching someone die, but in a way that wasn't just a miserable experience, but felt like a contemplative sure. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get, I, I mean, I get that. I think that's kind of what he was, I think that's part of his intention as a filmmaker. Yeah. And I think that's why certain people really fucking love him because like it it like strikes a chord with them that i think the rest of the world is often either shitting on or or like dismissing yeah um i don't think i live quite on that end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. you know so it, it it's like i i kind of intellectually i'm like i I think i get what you're going for it just doesn't hit the right chord yeah. for me i'm on like a, a different key got it i mean yeah <laughs> I'm just I, keep I guess that fucking music analogy going <laughs> i am in that <laughs> camp because just sharing plugging into this feel and sort of sharing this we'll get into it it was uh what i want for movies so okay Cool. Pretty big thumbs up for me. Well, let's... uh, Yeah, get into it more. Let's summarize it then. Oh, right, right, yeah. Let's summary. Summary. What was actually going on in the film? (laughs) Tim. (sighs) So, Centerville. Pennsylvania? I don't know. I think so. Um, So, small town, Pennsylvania, slash America. Um, Got a couple... Well... We start off with um, the cops being dispatched to the woods because there's been a call that the local, what would you call him? Kind of hermit. hermit nutbag who lives in the woods Tom has been uh, stealing uh, some farmer's chickens. Uh, what's uh, Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi's yeah. chickens. Yeah. Um, and so we meet the lead cops, who are Bill Murray and... and um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver, thank you. I don't think that it's necessary to use anybody's character name in this because <laughs> we all know they're actors. Um, so they go off and we kind of get this, I don't know, it's just sort of a comment, like vague commentary on, you know. Well, well from- we, we, we get like their characters very quickly. Yeah. Um, and we get the small, it's a very small town, so we get the cast of characters quickly, too. We've got the new um, Undertaker, what's the the person who dresses up bodies for the morgue? Mortician. Mortician. Tilda Swinton. We got um, Chloe Savini's the other officer who, if, like, Bill Murray and Adam Driver super deadpan, she's the, like, super emotional mm-hmm. one. And then um, you mentioned Steve Buscemi. Then we got Danny Glover. Just a local blue collar dude yeah with his buddy who i knew from uh new twin peaks caleb landry, caleb oh, yeah. landry jones yeah he's been around he's and in then, a uh, couple of the x-men movies and then and... you know a couple sort of i'd call cameos is the zombies in form of iggy pop and carol kane and then um and then we also sort of got to represent the younger generations mm-hmm. we have um the big city out of towners which is selena gomez and her two male companions going to stay at the hotel on the right. way somewhere. And then also um, we have a, uh, they're in like a, a jail for kids, whatever, or like a rehabilitation. Oh, the CDC is the center for, uh, wait, it's the corrections. Correctional facility for these uh, uh, young teens. It's 
the detention center, correctional detention center, I think it's called. And then basically we just sort of watch them react to the situation. Right. And then die. And the big first thing that everybody starts noticing is there's this, there's this broader thing going on in the world. Like there's been polar ice fracking. (laughs) It's just caused, this hodgepodge of yeah, terms. That has, like. Yeah, that has caused the Earth's access to be tilted off its normal access, which has now caused daylight to be skewed. So now it's like the in the first day they keep commenting that the sun, you know, why is the sun still out? It's 9 p.m. It's 11 p.m. Like this is weird. Yeah. There's also a weird purple aura thing that's like floating around the moon. Oh, yeah. Um, that is never really addressed. It's just a thing that's happening. And uh, Tom Waits in the woods is sort of the one who initially is like, the, you know, this is weird. That shouldn't be happening. That's that's odd. There's weird shit that's growing in the forest that normally doesn't grow. The ants are moving in a weird way. They don't usually do that. So something is up. Yeah. And what is up, I guess, as a result of all of these, the earth being tilted wrongly, is that corpses are reanimating and crawling out of their graves and start eating people. Yeah. And, and so it really is just that, right? It's, well, it's, the, the it's actual... everybody in the town kind of confusedly being like, what the fuck's going on? The cops are our center through mm-hmm. line. And so if you were following them as the story, yeah. it's basically everyone else just eventually dies. And then they, uh, well, they get back to the police station after checking some things out going to the hotel, killing some zombies, and then decide to go on patrol because there's nothing else left to do. The world's ending. And then right. because they, because Adam Driver's character, or Adam Driver, we don't know which meanings blurred, uh, has read the script for the film we are watching. They know... Uh, it's going to end badly. They Yeah, they know it's going to end badly. He knows they're gonna, <laughs> how they're going to die. So they step in to meet their fate and have a final uh, fracas. Yeah, that ends badly. For them. Yep. Yeah. That's the story. Let's get let's, let's keep going. Let's okay. do what worked. What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> it worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? What worked for you? Yeah, well, what did work for you, Tim? Um well. I get so much. I so, I so much I want to talk about. I, 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 for me, it's it's like I said. I wanted, I wanted it to go a, further into a place that I would have liked. Since it didn't, the reason I wanted it to go there is because I like the characters so much, and I like all these actors a lot, and so I just I wanted more of that. So for me, the thing that worked really really well was just who each of these characters are um like bill murray is fucking great doing what he's doing um but i like i wanted more uh tom waits and i wanted more fucking like basically i wanted to know more about everybody but that's not what jarmusch's like style or intention is which is a bummer for me but whatever but i love the characters um I really like the zombie design of their insides are basically dust. Yeah. They're like, it's like, it, it, I guess, you know, their blood has dried up and blackened 
And so when you get a kill, like a head chop off or whatever, dust sort of fly, like black <laughs> dust flies out of yeah. that. And I, th- I don't think that I've seen that anywhere. No, I think that was and his I think contribution. That was a genius fucking sort of new way to do it. It's fun. It captured that they're they're corpsey. That's in right. A way, you know. Um, and I like the weirdness of the world. Can we use that um, as a jumping off point yeah. for all the things we have that I, that I have down? Yeah, definitely. Because the weirdness of the world. That for me was very like uh, borderline Mandy of this is not reality, you know, but mm. not not just in the sense of, oh, it's polar. Like that term is like a fake term, you know. It's it's right. like they're it's it's two disparate ideas that sound like they could kind of be meshed together because they're often sort of thrown up in sort of same but different context. So it was that whole effect of like a creation of its own reality. I just love so much where it's like the small town where it's like, but we don't have a sense of the outside world except for an equally weird news station mm-hmm. and reporter. Um, the moon, like you said, was just super like, whoa, this isn't any kind of reality I can I can right. sort of get any bearings in. You know, it puts me in that really interesting place. Like, okay, so there's a UPS truck that's called something else, yet there's... Oh, it's WUPS yeah. because it's fucking RZA from Wu-Tang oh, Clan. Right, but it's like, you know, <laughs> a play on it, like it's a yeah. naked gun or something. Yep. But then we have Star Wars existing in this right. universe and other pop culture references. So you're like, what? And then just that feel of the extended day. Um all of that. Um, but then to take it even further, what I loved, and this is what just sort of put me in that, I think, very receptive place that I want to be for a horror movie and sort of like being able to plug in what I guess are, you know, common tropes in a zombie film, sort of see them fresh or new or sort of more than I ever had before was how like that, that this world building on top of that, there's like a, a layering effect almost of not having any sort of where we're, we're blurring the lines between our reality mm. and the reality of the film. That's sort of like when we've talked about the ending to a good horror movie that or like the anthology films that we've watched, you know, or thinking of ghost story specifically, any film that does that, you know, sort of, um, Oh my God, where's the movie start and end mm-hmm. kind of feel, you know, I just had a realization of to that point, It's similar sort of to what Jordan Peele did with Get Out and Us, where it's like, I mean, he's leaning a little, well, with Get Out, he's leaning much closer to it being a real thing. Yeah. Like in a real world, like it's, it's our current reality. But with us, he, there, that, like, that's not the world. Mm -hmm. It's commentary uh, effectively. It's a world built on commentary. And this very much feels like that. Like everything in The Dead Don't Die, every world building aspect is a comment on something in our real yeah. world, but is not the real world. It is a it is a nod to something. Right. But th- this too, you have the performances plugging into what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like what you said, how it's very much sort of gives a real time effect, whatever yeah. that is, as well as just his dry yet amused bemused perspective but like other things that i don't know what to call it other than this layering effect where yeah as i said it's like 
all I feel like this movie was getting sort of crapped on for saying this is all overused, familiar social commentary about zombies, you know, mm-hmm. as consumers drawn to their habits, which we see in this. But it felt m- more accessible to me as far as acting as critique than in any other one. Dawn of the Dead is like, you know, it's like, OK, it's it is the more sort of fun survival action right. movie kind of thing with this as a background. But this, I felt like, was all about sort of this perspective of critiquing them, like, as a film. And other things that just sort of did this for me was, you know, we said referring to itself as a movie. Very much so. uh, The name of the song is the name of the movie. Right, right. And then, like, Keep America White Again, you know, Steve Buscemi's hat playing that character. It's But it's not just a play on, I mean, it is, but it's not just a play on, like, Make America, what is it, the actual Make Make America America Great Great Again? again, Yeah, Yeah, because it's, you have Keep, you know, messing it up, and then you have the white. Like, it's not just one you know it's not just making a pun out of it it's just sort of like meanings lost because you're sort of are taking it too far well you know almost i think what you're describing a, a a concise way to to describe what you're talking about is most movies live with subtext right like having the guy wearing a red hat that has any writing on it is the subtext of that is, oh, this guy represents a specific thing that we know of in our real world. This movie is basically writing out the subtext. There is no subtext. The movie is taking subtext and making it the text. Right, because it's not just like a pun on the hat again. It's like he's just... It's it's saying literally what the subtext <laughs> Keep America would white. normally be. Again... Right, again. So but it doesn't even make sense it's, grammatically. But it's like, satire. Keep it that's again. What, right, that's what satire is, right? Like but it's, 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 it's showing us the thing and being like, look how fucking stupid the thing is. Right. But then having characters that either are so in their thing that they don't need to acknowledge it or they're so self-aware in and of themselves that they have to point it out. And the fact that the characters are strong and endearing, watching them point out the th- the subtext and be like, hey, look, mm-hmm. instead of it just living in subtext, they're saying the subtext. They're like, Bill Murray's like, wow, they're, it's like they're drawn to the thing that they're familiar with. It's like, yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> We're watching it. But like the character doesn't know and needs to express, like his character needs to express it. Yeah. So it's again sort of like taking the overt and obvious subtext and saying it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I think is an interesting way to make a script and movies. That's definitely what is happening. I guess what I'm trying to like articulate though, is that there's an extra step there going on, you know, again with like what it says, keep America white again, but like Adam driver who's in the star Wars movies, having a star Wars keychain. You know, it's that's not necessarily satire. It's just it, aware. What it's awareness. It's, it's 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 overt meta self-awareness, right? Like, yeah, it's it's almost you know what I think it actually maybe a better way to say it is he's taking the things he knows the audience is going to think 
and putting them into the script. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, like holding the mirror up to the audience and being like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know yeah, you know. Exactly. Let me fucking shove it in your face and be like, yes, I know. That's that's what that's I love about weird... this. It's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's saying, okay, so yeah, let's just get all this down. So then we can just exist past it all for this hour and a half. Yeah. Which <laughs> is just, I think, what is so just sort of the hyper anti-intellectual just past it all i just right. I just love it it's like just give up thinking for a sec about it which is so and, fucking ironic and exist too in it because i think often the people who like jizz over this type of movie the most <laughs> are like hyper intellectuals that's me it's like but that's why i'm like a high low person is right like right. i think about these things but it's i mean i love but i love the low <laughs> it's almost like a fucking he's he's fucking with everybody yeah and i think well it's it i'm guessing this is total fucking speculation and conjecture on my part but i imagine that jim jarmusch like watches the fan like and like praise and like the the reviewer fucking you know jerk off session over him and he's like you dumb fuck you just fell for like you fell right into the trap <laughs> like i'm literally making fun of you to your face and you're going this is amazing but it's again it's past like just i mean yeah he's making fun of stuff but it's not in that typical way it's, it's not you're because right it's, it's coming from a place that i think heavily like acknowledges death and the human condition true like you're right. that's the sort of starting standpoint and he's just sort of like Again, I said like this film felt like watching someone die, but with being able to as if laugh with them about it or sort of experience it with them in a way where you aren't distracted by your typical emotions surrounding it. But there's hmm. still this sense of just sort of mortality and yeah, um, I don't want to say hopelessness, but definitely, you know, loss mm. of power in, in, yeah, there's sort of in a, your situation. Yeah, there's like a futile. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, I loved when Chloe Savini's character just can't deal with that. Yeah. What do you call that? Isn't there a term for that? It's nihilistic, I guess, to a certain degree. Yeah, but the fact that he approaches it with humor doesn't make me feel like he's totally sort of hating life or saying none of it's worth it. You're right. Yeah, it's interesting. But sort of reaching that state that we just kind of, I think, finally able to nail that. Like, I loved that so much. And to see that then incorporated into the story itself, it's like as if the characters, too, were feeling that feeling. And then it's like, you're like, well, where is this movie going? And the characters are like, well, what do we even do kind of along with you? Mm -hmm. Because of that feeling of like, you're so aware of your impending death, yet we're still alive kind of thing. So I love that when they just went, um, well, I guess we drive around and they're kind of like well because we're cops it's we go on patrol yeah and then that's just sort of what leads them right. to that that's what motivates we do what we do because that's what we do yeah and then so adam driver and bill murray are just kind of like yep yeah, you know they're just doing it but then you have that um existential doom that that's there you know sort of they've gone past that fear point but then you, have, you know chloe savini's character is the one who's just once she sees her grandma is like i would rather you know, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Gets up, gets eaten uh, by her own, by her own choice. It makes me realize, and I was never really well versed in this play, but I think that there's some big similarities, at least thematically and with intention to um, 
waiting for Godot or Gatto, depending mm-hmm. on how big of a snob you want to be, <laughs> um, which is essentially existentialism. Like that's what that play is and, mm-hmm. and it's classified as of just sort of these two dudes in a ex- having an existential like debate over what they who they are what they are what they're doing and why and does it any of it matter and whether or not you fall in line with what you're told you should do or if you have free will and like so that play is exploring all these broad things in a weird way i i mean this movie's kind of doing that <laughs> great um so i'd have to like brush up on that play yeah more to but it just now in our getting to this place where of what we're talking about and makes you realize there's some interesting similarities there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So this, what I guess people are saying again, well-worn comedy, the well-worn commentary, Mm. not comedy. Um, this is the one that again, like made me feel it all. Like even just the, the song put me there, like the dead don't die's refrain. It was a good song. I thought. Yeah. And like lyrically it just did what the best of songs do. I wish I was trying to find it after the fact, but I just, I couldn't find it online, but I just remember. So this is a question that I couldn't find. That song is not a existing. That's a made up song for for this. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured. But just sort of like the best of songs, putting you in a headspace that you yeah. want to be in to sort of be contemplating things at the right level. It, it, it accomplished that. And it, the fact that it was a repeated song throughout, too. Well, and I, I think that. it's really smart what they or what Jarmusch does early, early on is have the song come on the radio. And Bill Murray is like, <laughs> he's like, wow, this sounds sounds really familiar. And Adam Driver goes. Yeah, it's the theme song to the movie. <laughs> yeah. So right away you go, oh, okay, we're in a movie where we're acknowledging that we're in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Murray is sort of like slow to pick up on what that even means. <laughs> right. And so it's really, I mean, that is really, really fucking, if you're going to be sort of in this meta world, having characters that are in different places, right? Not everybody can be in on the joke. Yeah. But it really, really gives you a very quick sense of where each individual character is Mm -hmm. and defines them clearer. Mm -hmm. You go, oh, Bill Murray's character is the guy who is aware enough to know something's up, but wants to hold on to his own reality enough to kind of glaze over it. Yeah, and Adam, Adam Driver is, he's just he's straight in. The one who's read the script. Right. I, and Chloe Savigny is even more not, like, you could say to her character, we're in a movie, and she would just stare at you blankly, right? Yeah. Like, she's like, no, she is firmly set in the movie's reality. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty satisfied cool. with the amount of character I got from them and how they were I, from all those different. those three, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't like um, – well, sorry. I'm slipping into things that didn't work. I wanted more of Tom Waits, and I wanted that to pay off. Got it. I um, But like, I think a big distinction I liked between their characters are a moment that kind of emblemized a lot of what the movie was doing for me I really liked was when um, Chloe Savini was freaking out as just the three of them, and she's like, just, you know, t- please, like, tell me it will be okay kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And Adam Driver is representing, like, it feels like these are all just sides of the filmmaker. Like, all three of them are the filmmaker, you know. And Adam Driver is just, like, is the brutal nihilistic side just, like, where it's not going to come out good. 
Right. Sorry. And then <laughs> Bill Murray, though, I, th- I love this because it was an example of what I feel like are warring truths. We talk about horror explorers a lot, you know, the, the inherent paradox that is reality. Mm-hmm. We're like, Adam Driver isn't wrong. But I think also Bill Murray isn't wrong to, in that moment, do what she wants and just say, like, you know, at the same time, you don't actually know, even though you know, you know, he says, this is going to be fine. We're all going to make out of this okay. And she feels much better. That's not wrong to do or to think. No, it's very often the reason people fight. Yeah. Because... Some people are unwilling to just give the other person what they need mm-hmm. in the face of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes somebody's, you know, somebody want, is like, I don't actually need you to tell me the truth. I need you to just give me a hug. Yeah, but you know at, what I mean? at the and, same time, this movie, though, was playing in such a way where, like, maybe... For all I knew, that that like where we thought they were going to die, they were going to find a copy of the script and rewrite it, you know? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Like the rules are out the window yeah, as soon yeah. as you introduce those elements to it. So that's what I, I mean that more literally and mm-hmm. paradoxically when I say they are both not wrong. <laughs> right. I guess I mean in terms of just the moment, the character yeah. moment, like a human moment. It's like... It, it is sort of pointing back at us where it's like, you don't have to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yes, we know it's true. But also sometimes you need to just let go of that and like be in the moment and yeah. like be nice. Because right now it's okay. There's a still in there. Yeah. Like, is he really doing anyone any favors? And that's those questions are it's like you can argue either way. Sure. Which I just I just love. that. Well, it's just really smart to have three characters that represent these three sort of, you know, points in the spectrum and to watch them interact. Yeah. And be like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> well, kind of like, I guess I was saying it's, um, it's all interesting how it's representing Jim Jarmusch's different, you know, you could hear mm-hmm. his, they're all his inner monologue. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. But I just love how subjective it was with his, not just with his humor. Cause there were funny parts to it too, yeah. you know, as, as, brutal and dark as i think it really was in an underlying way it was funny and with his filmmaking there was a lot that this was specific to him i thought was great with like the when she's when tilda swinton is alien is doing up the the bodies and like mm-hmm. painting makeup on their faces as if it wasn't enough that they're just their eyes are blinking open because they're turning into zombies. Yeah. There's that little ding sound effect yeah. and each one had their own little slightly like higher, lower tone to right, it. Right. Like that, you know, as a sort of emotive filming or, you know, uh, you know, bringing it into the realm of a sound effect, you know, right. that was funny. And then yeah. uh, style. Yeah. Yeah. His style on display. Like, oh, God, where I just was not expecting it, but it was so perfect was when uh, Selena Gomez introduces herself, like says her character's name to the guy as they're leaving. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, da-da-da. And uh, it's like, and then there's like an animation that appears over her. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Dling. It's like sparkles and yeah. shit around her head. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, good. it's almost a little, that stuff is a little... Um... Uh, Scott Pilgrimy almost to yeah, me. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And that's why I say style. Like I love that. I love. Why can't I think of his name? 
Edgar Wright? Yeah, Edgar Wright. I, all I could think was Eddie. I was like, eh, what the fuck is <laughs> You're this? You're on a first Eddie basis <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Eddie. Um, Edgar Wright. Yeah, I love how his movies are very clearly like define the world. This is this is a style and and like I'm allowed to do this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really fun place to live. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when this, when it happened in, in this, it's like, I mean, it, it, it feels like I'm getting sprinkles of just style all yeah. over the place. But there's a lot of variation in, in Jarmusch's stuff. Like he's all over the place. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but like. He's not picking one of these things and then sticking to it throughout. He's he's picking fifty of them. Right. Well, why well, like each moment has its own little sort of style to it. I did like though, uh, if even if the style was, you know, you, I mean, you could say though, like the, it being peppered was the consistent. Definitely. Style. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I think that is who yeah. he is. Um, so I love that. And then, um, but the humor that was on display outside of just the the stylistic examples were. Um. Yeah, I get, it wasn't laugh out loud funny, but it just like tickled me mm-hmm. every time that you said the phrase. Oh yeah, to you know, kill the zombies, you always kill the head. Right. In order to k- defeat a zombie, kill the head. Like <laughs> every, I just yeah. love that. Brings me joy. And then same with every time they played the song, it was just like I liked it every time. Yeah. What didn't have to be. Oh, again, like the. Like guy in the theater. dude behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god. I really liked the. I liked the three kids, not the CDC kids. Although I like them too. Yeah. Um, those two groupings, the the Selena Gomez and the two dudes, the two like. I don't know who. I know I've seen both of those dudes. I just don't know from where. I don't right. know if they're Disney because they, she she came up through Disney, didn't she? Selena Gomez? Yeah, I think, I think so. she did. So maybe they're also Disney. It would make sense that they, they came up <laughs> through that. It's kind of great. Um, but I like the three of them because they're such fucking archetypes. Yeah. But they're archetypes that I like and I like movies to where I get to see them do something. Um, right. And the style of them I like. I don't, and it's very, yeah. very much – I mean he's making a pretty clear, I think – point with adding them and saying they re- they sort of represent well, a few things it was interesting because it felt like he really appreciated their points of view yeah kind of thing and like respected sort of where kids are at you know yes. younger people are at coming from a lot of places as opposed Here, to being like me about that. right which is what the older people were yes you know um but this is this is perfect i want to yeah this is like he seemed to offer a varying degrees of sort of love and criticism towards the characters like there's some like a lot of the the older characters of the steve buscemi character were just felt like you're only laughing at them Mm -hmm. kind of thing you know very yeah as i said varying degrees all these different characters play out so but then it's so interesting the 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 only people we actually kind of fully fully like as a character or person i think is the alien who turns out to be a, a literal alien getting taken away in a ufo tilda swinton like she's weird but she's um i mean she she's you know kind of the the sort of the only one who knows how to deal with the situation yeah yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and then so but then and then you have further down the line of as far as where you actually see more, I think, respect on his perspective is those younger people yeah. you mentioned. The six of them, I guess it would be, right? Um, yeah, the, they, C- they... the CDC three 
are there's a whole scene of them before the news can usually you would get like in in a really like kind of bullshit traditional way you would get the news telling us the story right yeah being like here's what's going on and the three kids are watching the news and they get it before the news does right and they're young i mean what would you say they're all they're all teenagers for sure like 14 15 yeah. i don't know how old um, the kids are so like corrections you know what is that called detention yeah. center so it's like they're yeah they're probably all 13 or they something felt like that. But they're, they're fucking super smart right. and they're like oh shit and then and we're fucked because slightly we're in older here. ones were the the road tripping ones, yeah. I think. But they 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 were likable, I think, because they were really realistically drawn and just sort of like, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, but yet I could see his sort of criticism there too. Like while he has a respect and love, they were, I think, accurately realistically, you know, the the fault of each generation. We all have them, and the younger people one is we almost do have a. Um, they all felt really almost sort of stoic or detached mm -hmm. in the moment. Right. You know, it's sort of like the stereotype of, you know, the younger generations being the worst with the, uh, with the uh, social media or with your phones or blah, blah, blah. Or, um, I don't know, you know, or like almost overly blase mm -hmm. towards things. Um, which I don't know, you know, it's that's a totally generalized, but we both admit they felt realistic or they, they all felt realistic. Yeah. And that was kind of coming through. I think that perspective of them where he's like, has faith in them in us, you know? In the well, and they're people, the only, but... the, the youngest ones are the only ones that survived the movie. Yeah. They get, a, they, we never see them again. Oh, I thought they all died. The, I don't the think so. youngest ones. Maybe we don't see again. No, but, they, they run across the, the street. They teenager. get out of the CDC. They run across the street. At some point we see them again when they're out and then they're off. Right, but I guess I mean the the older ones, Selena Gomez's they, crew. Well, they all get killed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Adam Driver chops all their heads off. So right. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's interesting because I just I love that fucking car. Car the the car that they're in is the car from. You always are mentioning the cars in the cars. films, Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the car from the first Psycho. Okay, the, the one that they bury yeah. in the water. No, sorry, not the first second. What am I talking about? Jesus. Evil Dead? Uh, no, it's from the first um, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. That was weird. My brain. Um, yeah, it's the same car. It's a fucking amazing car. Um, <laughs> and it looks so good. And then everybody's commenting on it. I'm like, yeah, because that's what we would do. Uh, again, this sort of semi-awareness of yeah. other films or what world are we in. That's another example of it. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's both... It, it's acknowledging... Its own references. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, I guess the last thing about the characters I had was I felt like the only sort of almost I got to define what I mean here by normal, but the only normal person was the crazy homeless person because he was an outside observer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like he felt like for some reason that he, if the audience has one person just to sort of watch this cast of characters with who are all varying degrees of whatever, but essentially are all like we're watching a play or something, right. you know, he was the one who felt like, what is that character in the play? Who's kind of the one who brings us into the world and sort of is our perspective to watch it all. Play yeah. Out. I mean, in a way he's the narrator, I guess, <laughs> yeah. sort of he's, he's Jiminy Cricket, you know, mm -hmm. he's sort of being like, I'm a part of this story, but I'm also going to tell you about it because yeah. I'm outside of it as well. Right. So but I think he is Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. Like I think he's the most, 
I mean, he even looks like him in a way. <laughs> Tom Waits. Yeah, like Tom. I think Jarmusch has used Tom Waits specifically because he feels some sort of kinship or some, yeah. you know, he feels like they're on the same plane. And, you know, like a lot of directors, they'll find an actor or a performer that they feel like kind of represents them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a really interesting aspect to that character in this, in that he is just an observer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fucking get involved. He watches the end sequence of them dying and just is narrating. Yep. So I think he really is the closest representation to Jarmusch, his his actual perspective as a filmmaker. It's is interesting because it there's there's something in there for me with that character of like yeah he's he's rent, representing Jarmus and as I said also I think representing or acting as our our perspective too mm-hmm. but it did something interesting to me the fact that like this one that maybe we relate to the most in a certain way is the one who's alone in the woods with no you know creature comforts <laughs> or anything well i mean i have to admit recently with a bunch of like you know just life being life i keep having that thought of like i just want to fucking go be away from people and like live in the woods <laughs> <Yeah>. by myself <laughs> so you know right. maybe that's where that's a part of where we're at right now a lot of people are feeling that way and mm-hmm. darmush is sort of going yeah yeah right and i think it's what was interesting about it, maybe i'm trying to get to is we all think we're the only ones feeling that in a way. Right. We're not. Like we're, yeah, we're still. <laughs> we're definitely not. It's ironic. You know, we're, we're sitting thinking we're alone in the woods watching all these things go on when it's really like everyone's alone in the woods is watching each other. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think actually irony is probably the biggest tool mm-hmm. that he's using. Although I'm always a little like. How do you define irony exactly? Yeah. You know what I mean? But but I think we, we get the feel for it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely there, but again, it just sort of puts us there as a starting point and then goes beyond it. Like yeah. Saying, yeah, we all are there already. So. Yeah, it's almost like he's saying, look at this, it's ironic, and then having the characters go, say what is ironic about right. it. <laughs> so, so clearly this film gave me I all like sorts that. of like, ideas to think about sure. things to meditate on i can so but... see how this is a movie that you would love <laughs> right it does have a sensibility that's like that you have even in last week when we talked about um dolly dearest and your film mm-hmm. like your your what was it called it um drew, drew todd. yeah what drew todd right there is almost a similar sort of like self-referential or self sort of aware <laughs> thing to it that's that's like yeah i don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah. which i love <laughs> well what this that's great to hear but what we yeah, what i wanted to say with like so if this is giving me all these things to think about what i loved was that the film i sort of mentioned there's like the lack of actual stuff happening you know as far as just sort of story plotting wise you know, as I oh, well, I guess we're going to go do our patrol now. Like we had already talked about that. But the whole film 
had that meditative state that allowed me to sort of think on those ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or again, it sort of then put me in a, oh, I'm just feeling it all versus like, oh yeah, you know, this was sort of an inspiration point and is there in a dawn of the dead. For me, it was like really a contemplation on all these ideas and the the sort of mode and tempo of the film uh, supported that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Cool, um, man. Uh, the gore moments, I think, because they were limited and far mm-hmm. few, were very impactful. Like when the uh, hotel manager guy, motel manager guy, was eating an arm. It was just like so visceral to him. Well, you know whose arm that is. Whose? It's the young of the three. It's Selena Gomez's. It's the black kid's arm mm. because it has the watch that two scenes earlier he is like listening to and being like yeah my watch has stopped <laughs> and it's like he's holding that arm and the watch is on that arm and he's chewing on the end of it oh, and I was God. like wow that's a it's a smart little like you know thread yeah to be like oh wait he got to them and then the next scene is is the cop showing up and realizing that those kids are dead right <laughs> God, that's cool uh, a, a thread you mentioned it that mm. I really loved was, uh, you know, at one point they're like, oh, should we st- tell um, Steve Buscemi's character what's going on? Oh, yeah. Who's like the the one with the, the, the MAGA hat type thing. Frank, right? Farmer Frank or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Farmer Miller. Yeah. Um, but how and they say, oh, we'll, we'll I'll get her to we'll, we'll get someone to call him. But it's so funny that he's the only one who has no idea what's going on. I thought that was really funny how he's calling them that trespassers. Tr- that's he's true, like shooting yeah. what are clearly like monster zombies, yeah. like in the face, like close up. It's like darn trespassers. He's <laughs> sort of representing this like older generation in their own little bubble of like. Right. Well, they're like calling, uh, saying darn tornadoes versus darn global warming. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I think this, yeah. I mean, what's, it's kind of a movie where on, like I was saying on its surface, well, I don't know if I said this, but I was thinking on its surface, I can see why a lot of people would be like, yeah, I just think it's kind of whatever and dumb or like, yeah, we've heard these jokes or yeah, this or that. Mm -hmm. But it is a movie that needs a little bit of like scratching off the the surface to get into and realize the depth of like what he is commenting on. Yeah. And like how he's doing it and being very specific about what those things are. So from a first and a distracted viewing, you know, I left being like, but in even just discussing it, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's I mean, a I, much better movie than I left <laughs> feeling it was. I'm excited to see it again. I want to. Um, the last thing I had was just the ending. So it felt like it was one of those clear examples of where you're in a movie and if they just did something differently, they'd be able to succeed. Like they get themselves trapped, surrounded <laughs> by zombies pretty yeah. easily. But really, I feel like I've... I've been in that situation in a video game plenty of times and you just, you just hang back, you kill them as they come in, you find a small, like there's a way to do it. But that's not what the script told them to do. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's a fucking big idea. Yes. Yes. How fascinating is that? Because it's basically the same as just saying, Hey world, real world, like that we live in, not a simulation. The one that you and I, Ryan live in and we're all you listeners are living in. We're under the impression 
that we're doing things that we have to do things a certain way because the fucking script yes. told us to. Yes. That's a fucking brain melter idea to get into. I'm so glad because I was couldn't figure out how to articulate what I liked so much about it. And that's that is it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like they we're all of, just sheep, Ryan. We're all fucking sheep. Well, it's more like too that they I think they're characters as characters second time in the episode tim's headphones <laughs> fell off by the way um their characters represent especially by the ending there like ourselves as non-growing mm-hmm. people like what what jim jarmusch is having a sort of you know a skeptical laughing eye at is all of us you know in ca- caught in our habits kind of yeah. thing because this is what the part of the movie where we'd want to see the characters go through some sort of growth or change or go through that yeah. hero's journey. That ain't his thing. Yeah, but but he says something about the hero's journey, I think, in real life, and where we uh, the reason the hero's journey is a powerful thing is because that's that's we all have that in our mm-hmm. life in some some way. Cutting, you know, working, making life about sort of catching ourselves in our own self defeating habits, which I think by uh, being aware they could have escaped but if they had gone through something but didn't just sort of reinforce that whole feel of like oh god you know that of making it a horror film of like ah that feeling of being trapped in my own whatever i want to i want to get out of it i want to step outside the circle and and fight it you know well and again he's basically there's a reason we like the hero's journey. Yeah. Because it gives us it gives us a at least a temporary respite from the mundane shittiness of our lives to believe that there can be you know a broader like catharsis in life that there can be a meaning or there can be a goal or there can I'd be like an to achievement. Think a lot of us do get there but the I thing is it's, it's, do, it's, but, but it's this that we're uh i mean i guess say what you're you were saying is but a big part of that is that we're watching it in condensed form so it's like we're watching a whole person's life play out in a couple hours but we're also watching a thing to remind us that there's like hope out there yeah you know that's i mean part of sort of the why we gravitate to that why that story the hero's journey has been around forever is like the 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 story that sticks around right. for all of humanity is because it's representative of like maintaining hope in our lives yeah and, and he's basically in his own way again saying yes yeah, sorry i'm not going to give that to you right like that's not life and yeah, saying life is the struggle too. Yeah. And then I think, I mean, another reason maybe why he was doing it that way, or I don't want to say why, but what it was doing for me is how the ending played out was rather than just yelling at them, the characters, for not approaching the situation better, I stopped myself from doing that because it felt like I would have been yelling at myself or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like by that acknowledgement we talked about of just sort of, oh, it's, it brings light our own trappings and our own faults. It sort of did this weird meta thing like the rest mm-hmm. of the movie where um, like rather than yelling at the people in the horror movie for running upstairs, you know, to get away from the killer, it felt <laughs> like, oh, it, since it put me in the place of 
feeling like, well, who am I to judge Mm -hmm. for someone not doing the right thing? Well, and furthermore, it's they're accepting that that's what they they need to do. Whereas a lot of I think one of the traditional tropes of a zombie film is that they fight and fight and fight and fight to the end um, without like it's it's uh there's n- there's no hope it's like they're going to get overtaken and that's what makes the movie sort of bleak yeah in this they're like they know they're going to die like they know that they have to go through that thing because it's a zombie movie but because they know it it's a different version of that ending yeah it's sort of a it's again self-aware at the same time, it was all satisfying because it felt like they were just stepping into their destiny, just sort of yeah, with that's a, what I sort mean. of acceptance, you know? Yeah, the acceptance part, I think, is what makes this ending different than the trope of zombie movies where it's like, oh, look, we've gotten to the place of safety and then, oh, mm-hmm. the fucking, we didn't realize that the back door was, uh, you know, unlocked and they got in and fuck, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like every... Romero movie right but and how <laughs> you see though how like the only way to pull off anything what we're saying that as far as that ending goes is this kind of film where that's not yeah. your typical oh, yeah, zombie yeah, yeah. film at all yeah for so sure. I mean that's why I feel like totally justifies using the zombie film formula mm-hmm. and kind of makes sense as one coming at the way tail end of this sort of uh the the zombie craze of the aughts yeah yeah well, should we uh, move move on? Yes. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I think this you know, is going to be your more your section. Tim. Well, here's the thing. In a way, I've kind of addressed a lot of the things that didn't work in in that. It, in brief, yeah. Yeah, it's like there are certain things that upon initial like interaction with them, I was like, all right, like I've seen that. It's exactly what you were saying. A lot of critics are saying this sort of same thing where they're like it's it's the same sort of pointing at the same these broader ideas that we've seen a bunch of times. Like, yes, it is doing that. And yes, it, my initial reaction was like, okay, like what are we doing? But now having sat on it for a few days, I'm and appreciating why it's the cr- constructed the way it is, I feel less annoyed by it. Having said that, I don't want to really revisit the movie that badly or even really at all. I mean, maybe one day I will, but not really. So it's not enough. So to me it kind of middled out of like where i think like i said earlier i wanted a little bit more of something to to excite me but that's a taste thing mm-hmm. he's he, that's not his style and it's why i haven't loved really any of his movies <laughs> i've kind of watched i don't know four or five of them and with each one i've kind of been like yeah, I, I I get i think i see where he's going and i i appreciate that it's not really my thing so that's kind of where I land with this. The examples are like, you know, the there's a there's a kind of a corniness, I guess, 
in the directing of the actors. Like I love that. And and I I generally just don't love that. Yeah. It's just not my thing. I really, really like realism. So anytime you're getting what you might call ironic acting or almost slapstick acting, I'm not into it, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. So that was kind of my big thing. Like the I think the most glaring example of this there's two are um danny glover in general and that may just be that he's living his life and not trying to be a good actor <laughs> or he was directed to to behave I thought, to a see, I thought he was somewhat a fan of exactly what you aren't a fan of i loved him in it, right you know? well that's <laughs> kind of my point right like he's doing a thing that i just don't love um and then the Iggy Pop and who was the other Carol? Um, Carol Kane. Yeah, yeah the, their performances as zombies is too self-referential and in on the joke. And I'm just not a fan of that. It, it's it's cheesy to me, and so I'm sort of like, yeah, meh. They're it's almost like they're acting, that's, and I and I don't like actors who yeah. are acting. That's just not my style. Like all that again, it was just used for me in a way where it's like, oh, it's not a joke per se. Like I didn't feel like like oh, this isn't working for but me. But they're in it was... on it. I think that's mm-hmm. there's a there's a it's a fine line because like even Adam Driver being in on it when that first came up, I was like, ooh, I don't love this thing. It's so, not my. Th- Thing. I will say, I mean, what didn't work for me, I think, is only a first time viewing thing, which mm. was like when that comes up, I'm just like, whoa, right, right, whoa, yeah. hold I think on, you're right. I, this I... is so unfamiliar, and yeah. nothing in the first 15 minutes has sort of 10 minutes or whatever has primed yeah. me for this. It took me a while to sink into the movie. Yeah, and that, you're right. I think if I watched it again, having knowing exactly what it is, I I'd be it'd be easier for me to just be on board. Um, but I also am not a huge fan of real time sort of style. Like I, I love good structure and I love like beats hitting. And I love when directors are really good at manipulating the pace of a thing to keep it kind of like, keep you the viewer on your toes and this is do this that's not what his style is at all he's doing a very different thing and it just isn't my thing so it's hard because it's not it's not necessarily like what we've talked about in before is like what didn't work but i guess it didn't work for me that's that's what our segments are though that's what our segments are this is what did not work for us what did work for us? Yeah. What would you tell yourself as far as avoiding streaming, renting, or buying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... no, that's true. So um, the self-referential and self-borderline self-indulgentness of him referencing his own characters and movies, I thought was not working for me, too. 
And that's a hard one because I'm not like super well versed in those movies, but I kind of was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what these up on like, that. you know, certain people are named certain things like Iggy Pop being in like the coffee, like being like coffee. It's like, yeah, right. we know why that is. It's like it's a reference to coffee. Well, and like Ronnie and... Peterson is Adam Driver's character who is in his movie Patterson. Exactly. So See, there's so much of that I, that I felt it was a little for like me, that's mm, the same like. That is just another example of blurring those lines between realities. Sure. Like, I loved that. It was just the same as like Rosie Perez was playing Posey Juarez. You're just kind of like, what? It's just this sort of, you, you take in the yes. film reality and our reality and just sort of shake it up in his weird head the, and just I this agree. comes out. The knee jerk reaction to, ha- to that I have to it is you're being too cute. Mm-hmm. And I'm generally like... I don't like, I don't like it when people are being cute. And I'm like, cute. too cute for what? Like, for me. Yeah. 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 See? So that's, exactly. you know, so that's, yeah. it really is just a taste thing. Yeah. Um, beyond that, there, I felt there's a couple shots that are clear, obviously, like having the, the car from, from Night of the Living Dead is, is an overt one, but even having the hand coming out of the grave and the way it does is, is basically the poster of night of the living dead. And I had mixed feelings about it where I was like, you're, you're actually doing the exact shot. Right. And I'm not sure. I, 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 I guess what I wanted a slightly different take and like most of the movie is its own take, so yeah. it's it's hard to See, sort of define I, that. Those but. wouldn't work for me the same. Like I felt like you had to do exactly what came before, so then you could have a UFO come and get Tilda Swinton. Okay, well that's my last one. <laughs> I just didn't. I I was like, fuck you. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I don't know why it pissed me off, but it pissed me off. <laughs> I understand and I think it's I think it's an effective and like appropriate yeah thing I get but being it, like I just was like I can get the it made me think of fucking dude where's my car and I just wanted to be like <sighs> see uh, see I get it if it feels like like if he's intending your response is like the only right response is, oh my God, this is the funniest, best thing ever. You know, like it almost feels like it's supposed to be that, which is off-putting because it, but then for me, I'm just like, oh, it's not that at all. It's just do it's, it's beyond all that for in, me, you know, in this, here's a, here's a almost a meta way of, of describing how I'm, it makes me feel. I'm less mad at Jim Jarmusch <laughs> and more mad that he did a thing that the guy I don't like in the world, i.e. the guy sitting next to me and i.e. the guy laughing at every fucking thing, is going to be like, ha, 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 yes, fucking awesome. That's one of those. You got it. You got me. That was the same voice I was doing, essentially. You know, that kind of thing. And that, I think that's what pisses me off about it is because those dickheads... (laughs) This is such a weird thing to say, but like, I don't like those guys and those guys are, are getting off on this thing and thinking that they're in on, they're in on the joke. Right. And in a weird way, they're, they're, like I said before, I almost feel like they may be the joke. Yeah. Because I feel like their laughter strikes me 
in those parts, it's more a sort of, I don't know what to do here laughter. Like if you're in some inexplicable situation and you have, okay, how is everybody going to react to this? I think some people like just not knowing what to do, you know, kind of at horror movies that are trying to be straight horror movies, they laugh. Sure. Because it's like, well, what else? I don't, I don't know what else to do. I'm lost, confused, scared kind of thing. But that guy's laughing to tell everybody in the audience that he gets it. And he got he, he's in on well, the joke, I think and people he, like that who do that—that's the guy who pisses me right. off. Right? They—it's exactly. I don't think they're too concerned about if they're right or wrong. You know, <laughs> right, right. Laughing. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. I, I like it's. It'll it it's gonna I'm gonna enjoy it more a, a second time alone in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. And I've had heard really good things about. Down by Law and Dead Man, so I kind of want to. I've seen feel Dead like Man. those two, and then sort of reassess it all. What? I don't think I've seen Down by Law. I can't remember. It's someone I uh, Tom was... Waits in that one. I don't know. I, I haven't seen mm. it. Um, someone I know of is kind of connected to it was their favorite film. So oh, cool. I'm curious. So, did you have anything? That was what I told you. Is this a first viewing experience? Mm-hmm. It took me a while yeah. to sink into. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, circumstances didn't help. (laughs) So things of note. Yeah. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. Well, the only thing I had was theater going experience. And we (laughs) completely covered that. Well, we did that. Um, did, did you guys all see our Instagram? There are all those fun, uh, what do you call those pop-up things? Standy, yeah, like this, super oh, standees. Yeah. yeah. We took a bunch of pictures with those. That was fun. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought it was interesting to go to this sort of pre-screening thing mm-hmm. and to see that this movie is getting that, it's filling up for this pre-screening. So sort of is an interesting crowd to be in. Yeah. Um, in spite of the two dickheads, like the rest of the crowd seemed really fucking like there to watch a movie. Yeah. Whereas a lot of time, I think you go to, a th- I, I mean, it's one of the reasons that I bitch about the movie experience sometimes is because it's like, there are people there that aren't there to see the movie. They're there just fucking hang out and like, they're in their own little world and not res- like right. acknowledging that there's a room of other people well, there. We got our Alamo Draft House opening really soon. I think that could be more your crowd out here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Downtown LA. Oh, fucking cool. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I really appreciate when a when the crowd is really fucking a crowd of movie goers as opposed to sort of casual whatevers. Yeah. Um. What else is of note? I don't know. I think it's fine. We don't have Yeah. Any... Yeah. I don't really have much because we all, we, I mean, a lot of the stuff we kind of just brushed up against just in talking about yeah, his I know. other films. So, yeah, I think that's I'm good. I'm Great. So, that's it for Woo! The Dead Don't Die. We did it. Now we can move on to our, keep keeping up the word dead, our recommendations. Mm-hmm. Theme music. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so can you check my notes real quick on what I've recommended before? 
Why? Because the one that I want to recommend dead, I'm like, I'm pretty Say sure it. I haven't. It's called Cheap Thrills. I don't think you've recommended it's it. It's cool. It's on it's on uh Shutter right now. It's um Oh yeah, Pat Healy. He's in a bunch of really fucking good indie movies. Um he's in Innkeepers. He's the dude in Innkeepers. Oh, okay. Um this movie Cheap Thrills, I don't want to say anything about it, to be honest. Um, Who would appreciate it's a, it? It's a mind fuck. Like, his character is getting mind fucked. So if you like movies like The Game, mm. you know, where you kind of, you really don't know who's on whose side and what's actually reality and if it's all fucking, like, manipulation or if... The person's actually going crazy. Like, I love the, like, the lead character who, who it's because there's sort of a mystery aspect to it of, like, what's going on. But there's also, he's he's being fucked with. And I love watching a character have to fucking get through that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a Dante's Inferno-y kind of feel where he's just going through the levels of hell. Not literally, but, like, it's that's sort of the experience. And he comes out on the other end, like, wildly fucking different for it <laughs> cool it's a really cool fucking movie well that's and it, my shutter so i'll watch it <laughs> i know right <laughs> um yeah it's fucking cool and i kind of want to watch it again because it's been i think i watched it about a year ago i'll add it to my list yeah um yeah well i got i got i don't again i don't listen too too much but I got a podcast I'll check up within every once in a while when there's an episode that looks good. It's another horror movie podcast called Horror Queers. You can guess it's uh, two dudes talking horror movies, but from a queer perspective, they first grabbed me with their Scream episode. It was great. And then uh, I very much enjoyed their Dead Ringers episode. And they have another another Cronenberg episode. Um, they did Psycho 2 also, so I've listened to enough of them. But Tim, they did Calvair, Ooh. so I was very excited to hear that. And after hearing the Calvair episode, I'm like, okay, these nice. I, can, I can fully recommend Edit now. It was really fun to hear their take on uh, well, all these films. So check out, and they're uh, bloody disgusting. There's they're they're with them. Oh, cool. So it's a whatever sponsor. I don't know part of the umbrella whatever bloody disgusting podcast horror queers nice cool what's next uh now is the time where (gasps) i check up with you to see if you have watched uh uh i saw the devil yet fuck no i haven't all right well (laughs) you should see it tim i know so now shutter uh yeah i think so okay um all right, well, now that that was that portion of the show, now is the time where we choose next week's film. And I don't know whose turn it is to pull because I get thrown off. Who pulled Who pulled the Dolly Dearest? You? I think I pulled... Yeah, I pulled Dolly Dearest. And this was the movie one, so that means it's back to you. Okay. This one. Mm. Hmm. Martin. Oh yeah, you've been wanting to see this George Romero movie. That's right. Ooh, I haven't seen it in a long time. How coincidental! <laughs> Why? Oh, because George Romero zombies. I'm yeah. like, it's a vampire movie. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Well, that's cool. 
Cool. We'll go from zombies to vampires. Great. Sweet. Great. I think it's a good one to talk about. It's a big one. It's in a lot of... 78. Yeah. My, the year of my birth. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Great. Should have mm. been called Tim Martin. <laughs> Tim Martin. All right. Well, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. There's links to all our social medias there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should do that. Tell a friend. Please tell a friend. Listen. Oh, wait. You are. <laughs> um, listen to the next ones. Yeah. Listen you, to the old ones. You should watch. You should. The idea is you, hopefully now that we've built up a bit of a catalog, you can say, oh, I've wanted to see this movie. Mm. You watch it. Then you listen to our episode to process it and journal it for yourself and That's... decide what you thought. Do you vehemently disagree with us? That's a cool idea because I, I, it never really occurred to me that like at a certain point we'll have like 200 episodes or whatever, right? I mean, this is episode 44. It's I know. already a good, We're moving like, along. There's got to be something there that you can So at a certain to... point, somebody's just going to happen upon the podcast, right? They're going to be looking for a podcast and they're going to see, oh, there's 200 episodes and then they're going to listen to one and they're going to go, oh, shit. Like they don't fucking we get it how they it just go in we got it and then they're gonna go look through all of the things yep. we've done that's yep. a fucking fun thing tell friends that tim's just figuring this out now <laughs> wait that's what we're doing <laughs> um, yeah so there you go that's where Do you it. can find, find us. us find us talk to us we're on instagram and twitter and all that yeah and well uh I suppose we can wrap it up here. So in closing, uh, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.